Do take your Bible and turn with me to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1. Have you ever had to choose between two good things? You had a choice to make and you had two options and they were both good things. Of course, I say that about bacon and ice cream. Right? I mean, bacon and ice cream, two very good things. You can't make a wrong choice by choosing either one, and sometimes I just choose both. Well, in the passage before us, there is something far more important than that going on. And we're going to see how Paul faced a choice that, left to him, would be hard to make. Last week, we looked at verse 21 here in Philippians 1, and I actually want to begin reading with that verse, so follow along as I start reading there with verse 21, and then I'm going to read through verse 26, and I am reading from the English Standard Version this morning. Philippians 1, verse 21, for to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me... You may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. So think about those two good choices. And you can see here in the text that Paul has two good things to choose from, and he's torn between the two. Imagine yourself in a situation like this. You've not seen your your child in a long time, and you receive news that their job is going to take them to another country. And they're going to be there for a couple of years, and they have to leave in a week. (laughs) You really want to go visit them before they leave, but you also have this need that's pressing. You have an ailing spouse at home, and, and that ailing spouse needs your care, your help. Of course, you feel torn between visiting your child before they leave the country and staying and caring for your spouse. What do you do? Well, Paul faced a challenge, something like that. Although Paul was torn between being with Jesus in heaven and being on earth to continue to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would it be better for him if he were to leave and be with Jesus, or would it be better if he were to stay and keep preaching the gospel? Some of us might be tempted to say to a choice like that, it would be better to live, of course. (laughs) It would be better to stay. But there are some of us who've seen real difficulties in life. We know what it is to suffer much, and we might think, There's no question. It would be far better to go to heaven. It would be far better to be with Jesus. Now, for both groups of people, the quick response is likely based on your own desires, your own immediate feeling of your need, what you want in the flesh. 
But consider this. Paul's focus wasn't on his natural desires. He wasn't basing his choices on his felt needs, his feelings. He wasn't fixed only on the here and now. His focus was on Jesus and on pleasing Him. Paul was choosing eternity, which affected how he lived now. I want you to think about that. Have you chosen eternity? Do you look to the eternal while you live in the present? Paul's love was for Jesus and for the church for whom Jesus died. His longing to serve Christ shaped his desires. He longed, he wanted to be with Jesus, but he was also concerned for the welfare of the church that Jesus sent him to minister to. I appreciate John MacArthur's little thumbnail sketch of Adoniram Judson when he writes of Adoniram Judson, who had a desire like Paul's. Adoniram Judson was the first overseas missionary sent out from America. In the early 19th century, he and his first wife went to India, and a short while later to Burma, where he labored for nearly four decades. After 14 years, he had a handful of converts and had managed to write a Burmese grammar. During that time, he suffered a horrible imprisonment for a year and a half and lost his wife and children to disease. Like Paul, he longed to be with the Lord, but also, like the apostle, he considered his work for Christ to be infinitely more important than his personal longings. He therefore prayed that God would allow him to live long enough to translate the entire Bible into Burmese and to establish a church there of at least 100 believers. The Lord granted that request and also allowed him to compile Burmese English and English Burmese dictionaries, which became invaluable to Christian workers, both foreign and Burmese, who followed him. He wrote these words, If I had not felt certain that every trial was ordered by infinite love and mercy, I could not have survived my accumulated sufferings. I think for some of us who would say, well, no, I want to stay here on earth and I want to live, sometimes we need to be a little more eternity-minded. And for some of us who would say, no, I want, to, I want this to be over, I want to go and be with Jesus, sometimes we need to be more presently focused. Adoniram Judson loved Jesus. He loved the Lord Jesus Christ. And he loved Christ's church. And so he was torn between two good things. This was Paul's heart. Paul was looking to eternity. He was heavenly minded. He was heavenly focused. He was looking to eternity. And in fact, his look to eternity shaped how he was living for Jesus now. That ought to be true of us as believers. Yes, we ought to look to eternity and anticipate Christ's return or calling us home and look forward to that day with excitement and anticipation. I do. But yet, God chooses to keep us here. And it's for a reason. And we need to understand that as we look to eternity. 
Paul was looking to eternity, and that shaped how he was choosing to live today. How can we do that? How can we have that kind of focus? How can we choose eternity and what honors Jesus for all eternity while still living here and now? I see two things here that we need to pay attention to, and I want to point them out to you this morning. First of all, I want you to notice Paul's focus on Jesus. His focus was on Jesus. Is is my focus on Jesus? That's a good question that we ought to ask ourselves. Is my focus on Jesus? That's a good question to ask yourself regularly as a reminder of where you ought to be thinking. Paul's focus on Jesus is seen in two ways. First was his desire to serve Jesus. Look at verse 22. Philippians 1, verse 22. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall choose, I cannot tell. That's fruitful labor for the gospel of Jesus Christ he's talking about. It's not just his own personal accomplishments. He's not thinking about that. He's actually thinking about the purpose for which he is still breathing. And in his mind, with his eternal focus and his his love for Jesus and his love for Christ's church, he realizes that his labor is for the advancement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The other way his focus on Jesus is clear is seen in verse 23. He also wanted to be with Jesus. In verse 23, says, he says, I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better, far better for him. <laughs> so Paul wanted to serve Jesus, and he wanted to be with Jesus. Now, those are not competing interests. Those are not competing desires. His focus was on Jesus Christ in all things. And he's torn between these two right choices. They're two good choices. And I don't think we can fault him for wanting to be with Jesus either. When you think about what he was going through, considering his current circumstances, being bound and imprisoned, Paul would have been better off personally to depart and be with his Savior. The death for the believer is not a loss. Paul knew that. You realize that? Death for the believer in Jesus is not a loss. It is, in fact, a victory over sin and death. It's an eternal promotion. That's why Paul could write these words in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 7 and 8, when he says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage, and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Maybe you wonder how anyone could actually look forward to death. Maybe you've never thought about death that way. And you wonder, how could someone anticipate with excitement their death? That sounds very strange to you, being away from the body and at home with the Lord. It may even be that you fear death. The familiar John 3.16 makes it clear that you need not fear death. 
If your faith is in Jesus Christ, if you understand like Paul did that God loves sinners and gives forgiveness of sins and eternal life to all people who put their faith and trust in, in Jesus and in Him alone, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. And so Paul looked at death not with fear. Now, you might be fearing death, but you need not fear death if your eyes are on Jesus, if your hope is in Him, as your faith is resting in Jesus Christ. Paul looked at death not with fear, but with eager anticipation because he loved his Savior. He wanted to see Him face to face. He wanted to be with Him. Well, the question is, have you trusted in Jesus Christ? Is physical death no longer something you need to fear, but something you know is far better like Paul did? If you have trusted Jesus, do you have peace? That whether God chooses to bring you home to heaven or leave you here on earth as his ambassador, that is for God's good purposes and for his glory either way. God is in control, and He has good reasons for leaving you here if, if you're here. Sometimes I think we struggle with failing health or the thought of our eventual death because we don't have a perspective that chooses eternity. Are you choosing to look to eternity with the eyes of heaven, with the eyes that, that God is giving you with the help of His Word and His Spirit? Sure, we've believed in Jesus and we want to be with Him someday, but we kind of cling to the things of this life. It's hard not to sometimes. We cling to the things of this life with little hope about what God has for us in eternity. God's Word is a challenge to us today to cultivate a heart that longs to be with Jesus. Because we've trusted in Him, and our heart seeks to please Him with our lives now. Do you have a passion for serving Jesus and making Him known because you love Him and long to be with Him? You see, those desires are not at odds. Can you say with Paul from 2 Corinthians 5.9, So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. Paul truly loved Jesus, and we see it in his longing to be with his Savior, and we can see it in his look toward eternity. That look toward eternity shaped how he lived now. In fact, how he chose to live was shaped by his deep desire for making the gospel of Jesus Christ known. That gave him a love for Christ's church. Choosing eternity and longing to be with Jesus is shaped by your love for Jesus. And if you love Jesus, you will also love his church. How are you choosing to live today? Are you choosing to live with your eyes fixed on eternity? And with the help of the Lord thinking about how He has you here and now to serve His church and serve so that the gospel is proclaimed and advanced?
choosing eternity and longing to be with Jesus is shaped by your love for Jesus, but so is how you choose to live today. So here's the second thing that we need to pay attention to if we're to choose to look to eternity as Paul did. You can be instructed by Paul's love for the church. Paul's love for the church is instructive to us in verse 22 when he writes this, If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Now Paul writes this from prison. Think of that. That's an eternal perspective. We, I think, would tend to lose, we would tend toward the loss of hope if we were imprisoned. Now, sometimes I say that and I think I've looked at people and you have too who are going through hardship and they obviously have a strong faith and they're looking at Jesus and, and the words that come out of our mouths are something like this. How can they do that? How can they have hope in the midst of such heartache? I don't think I could do that. We tend to say that. And yet, if we are people of the word, whose eyes are on Jesus, who love Jesus, whose, whose hope is in the Lord, whose focus is on eternity and being with Jesus, then often, without even realizing it, we're preparing ourselves for those hardships that will come, that we'll be able to face with joy because we have an eternal perspective. And people may look at us and go, how do they do that? You can be instructed by Paul's love for the church when he says, that means fruitful labor for me if I'm to stay. He's writing from prison. He longs to be with Jesus. But listen to what he says in verse 24. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. He loves Christ's church. He wants to stay. If he can, he wants to be good for the gospel. He wants to advance the cause of Christ and the cause of the gospel in God's church. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Paul loved the church for whom Jesus died. Do you love the church? Do you love the church? Do you realize that as believers in Jesus Christ, God wants you to be a part of His church. And He wants you to be an active part of His church. And He wants you to love His church, and He wants you to love His gospel so much that you serve Him through the local church. Notice in verse 25 that Paul is confident that it, that it would be to their benefit for him to continue his gospel ministry because he says this in verse 25, Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. There's that emphasis on joy again that we began with as we began this study in Philippians. He sees his ministry as one of joy for the people around him as he served his Lord and Savior by advancing the cause of the gospel. Now, some have read this and asked, well, has, has God revealed to him that he's going to live? So he's saying he's confident he'll remain and continue in his ministry? I don't think that's so. Because in verse 27, Paul says, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, he's He's still not sure, but he, but he knows that he can serve the church if God keeps him there. He's not certain what the Lord has for him. He knew that his future was in God's hands. And he knew that God would 
do what was best. But he can say that it would be best for him, (laughs) from his perspective, it would be best for him to remain and continue his ministry because he knew why God had him there. He knew if God kept him living and breathing, his purpose was for advancing the cause of Christ, by advancing the gospel, by serving God's church. He can say that it would be best for him to remain and continue his ministry because he knew why God had him there to serve the church, serving the Lord Jesus Christ, serving the church that Jesus died for. Could it be said of us, If God leaves us here for many, many years to come, could it be said of us that we will be good for the people around us because we love the church Jesus died for? And if we remain, we're going to live our lives for the good of the church as we look to eternity. May that be said of us. In the days to come, may may people benefit because we are still here, still loving the Lord Jesus Christ, still longing to be with Him, but but looking with eyes of eternity towards serving His church. Do you have the same struggle Paul has? He says in verse 23 that he's hard-pressed between the two, or as the NIV puts it, he's torn between the two possibilities of being with Jesus or or staying and serving the church. He's torn. The fact that he was torn between the two shows us not only his love for Jesus, but also his love for Christ's church. Paul loved Christ's church, and he was eager to continue his ministry to the church. If that was God's plan, if that's what God intended for him. I appreciate... Matthew Henry's point, uh, as he points out that Paul's predicament was not between living in this world and living in heaven. Between these two, there is no comparison. But his strait was between serving Christ in this world and enjoying him in another. Still, it was Christ that his heart was upon. Though to advance the interest of Christ and his church, he chose rather to tarry here where he met with oppositions and difficulties and to deny himself for a while the satisfaction of his reward. As you look to the scriptures and as you look to eternity and as you desire to serve the Lord, are you learning to see as Paul saw? As you look to eternity, do you understand that when you become God's child through faith in Jesus, He doesn't usually take you immediately to be with Him. He's patient. He leaves you here. He leaves you here to serve Him, serving the church, pointing people to Jesus with your life. Do you see your life's purpose as that? To point others to Jesus. Paul was devoted to serving Jesus for the sake of his church. He was living the words he wrote, which we'll see when we get to Philippians chapter 2 and verses 3 through 4, when he wrote, Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. You've probably heard the saying, well, He's so heavenly-minded, he's no earthly good. 
That was not true of Paul. <laughs> he was heavenly minded, but in the best sense. He loved and he wanted to be with Jesus. He longed to be with Jesus. That's okay, and that's an actual, actually a very good thing, the desire to be with Jesus. But he also loved the church, which moved him to serve and minister to and alongside people as long as God gave him breath. He was on a mission to serve Jesus. If you made that your mission, is that your desire? God's people are, at times, so earthly-minded, they are no heavenly good. That can be us if we're not careful. It can be the flip of he's so heavenly-minded, he's no earthly good. We can be so earthly-minded that we're not serving the Lord Jesus Christ as he longs for us to. As followers of Jesus, if you will love Jesus and if you will love his church, as you look to eternity, you'll be able to say with Paul from verse 26, So that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Think of that statement. Ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. It's natural for us to think of coming to church on Sunday or coming to church throughout the week or to some activity in terms of what you can get for coming. What am I going to get out of being in church? How am I going to be served? How is the church going to serve me? How will my needs be met? And, and in some ways, the challenge of being Americans causes us to think that way sometimes. We think of how we can be served and how we can have our needs met. And yet, that is not what we see in Paul's life. He was not looking to how he could be served, but he was looking to how he could serve Christ's church. And I'm not saying it's wrong to come and have your needs met. I trust, even as I prayed this morning, that every time we worship together, if we have expectant hearts, if we're seeking what God has for us, if we have willing hearts to hear and obey God, we are having our needs met by God. And yet, I think the challenge for us is to live by choosing an eternal perspective that puts things into perspective for us as we live today, so that as we prepare to come to a time of fellowship and worship like this. We're not just thinking about what we can get, but we're thinking about how we can serve each other. Let's love Jesus and let's love his church. We need to do both. Let's love Jesus and love his church so faithfully that as we anticipate an eternity in glory with Jesus, we live now in such a way that people around us will have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus, to believe in him, to trust in him, to be saved, and then themselves to go on obeying and serving him. 
May that be our desire as believers, as a church.